Welcome to Patricia Raskin Positive Living, the program that brings you practical and inspiring principles for living more authentic, engaging, and passionate lives. Created by Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of the host, guests, and callers. And now, with Patricia Raskin Positive Living, here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Patricia Raskin Positive Living, right here, right here on VoiceAmerica.com, America's Voice. This is a program that shows you how to turn your obstacles into opportunities and your problems into solutions and definitely how to make your dreams come true. And today, I call this Valentine's Month. Yesterday was Valentine's Day. I call it our Relationship Month. And my guest today is the founder of Dating with Dignity, and her name is Marnie Batista. And Marnie is the founder, as I said, of Dating with Dignity with more than 25 years of personal relationship and dating experience. She's dated, was married for 17 years, divorced, and then successfully dated again in the 21st century. She understands what it feels like to be lonely and sick of wasting time on dates with men that go nowhere. So we're going to talk to Marnie. Welcome, Marnie. Hey, thanks for having me on the show today. And also you receive professional training in dating and relationship coaching, as well as training in the core energy coaching process from the Institute of Professional Excellence in Coaching. So, and your website is fixmylove.com, attractology.com. actually. Datingwithdignity.com. Okay. All right. So, you know, what would be the first thing you'd say to people who are saying to you, you know, I've been divorced several years and I keep dating these people and it's a waste of time and I'm getting discouraged. What would you say to people? Well, I actually uh, talk to a lot of people like that. And so what I have them do first is kind of give me an idea of what kind of people they have been attracting into their life. And what I usually find is a pattern of the same type of person. Often, in fact, it's another version of their ex. Sure. <laughs> so, and when they tell me that, then I know it's time to kind of break the romantic rut that they're in by doing what I call a dating fast, which is taking a break from dating to stop and look at what are the patterns and cycles that they've been in so that we can understand how to stop them so they can begin to attract the right kind of people in their life. So when you do that, you know, that can be peeling away a lot of layers of the onion, can't it? Yes. In fact, uh, I do have this 10-step process that I put people through, and the dating fast is number one. And I can't tell you that 80% of the people don't want to do this first step. (laughs) What do you mean dating fast? Explain that. Well, um, it's, it's very specific because it's not just like a rut or a dry spell. It's when you take a break from looking to date. You take a, you pause your match.com or eHarmony membership. You, uh, stop, you know, if you're a person who does internet dating, you stop going out with your friends with the purpose to meet men or women. And so you stop that and you begin to focus inward on yourself and look at how you can, in fact, create your most authentic you. And once you do that, then you really know what it is you're looking for. Okay, what do you mean authentic you? (laughs) Well, I know that you know what I'm talking about. (laughs) But what I mean is um, I have so many women, they, they come to me and I say, well, first of all, what are your needs? What do you, what do you want? And they say, honestly, I never thought about it. And for those women and men that you were talking about that have been divorced for a while, um, 
they, some of them were married real young, like I was, and lived a life either devoted to their husband or a wife or raising kids or doing whatever it was that was external. And so what I mean by authentic you is taking time to figure it out, figure out who you are at your core, what you love, what your pure pleasures are, what your needs are. Um, learn how to set up expectations, have boundaries, what makes you happy, and really feel into who you are. And they often say that we attract, you know, if you want to be, if you want to meet someone, then become that person you want to attract. Yeah, that's, that's really, really true. And um, I was just talking to a woman today who's, um, I think, 45 or 50 and has never been married. And um, she said, you know, I'm embarrassed to tell you this, but, you know, I've never been married before. And what I said to her is, um, if you really believe that, then that's what you're putting out there and that's what you're attracting, that there's something wrong with you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right? And so I ask people to really look at what is it that they really believe about the world because what they believe is what they're going to create and what they get back. Mm. You know, you have um, a seminar, and in your seminar you talk about the unconscious messages that you broadcast to a partner, such as your energy level, what's your vibrancy, what's your frequency, and that, you know, your, your energy level really results in this unconscious message. Explain that. Okay, so the model that I use is called the core energy construct, and it's a fancy, a fancy word, a fancy few words that describe how we're all living. So we're all walking around the universe and we're vibrating, right? And so there are, in my world, there are seven levels of vibration. So number seven is, you know, the Dalai Lama. It's that moment that we feel really connected to the universe. And it goes down to level one, which is a lot of victim thinking. And a lot of people that come to me uh, live in that level one victim energy where they think that everything is happening to them. Yeah. So these are the people, right, that are saying, um, why does this always happen to me? I never get the guys I want. I never get, um, I never get what I need. Everything is happening to them. So that's level one energy, and it's almost like the lens through which you wor- view your world. When you're in level two energy, you're a little higher, which is good, but then you're kind of living from this place of conflict. So um, then everyone is wrong. So the men are jerks, the women are flakes, um, you're resentful, maybe you're jealous of your friends that are in relationships. So it's like the opposite. You're either the victim or you're the persecutor. Exactly, exactly. And, and, you know, these are all fluid levels. So it's not like you graduate and then you live up in the, you know, level seven. Um, And you find that when you're out in the world and you get stressed or stuff happens to you, you go to this default pattern of thinking. And so what we do in in my workshops and when I work with people is raise the default so that you start to do basically what you advise, Patricia, which is, you know, see every challenge as an opportunity and find a solution. And then all of a sudden your your world becomes a, a beautiful place to live in, whether you're single or happily dating or in a relationship. Yeah, so that's really important. But what you're saying is that what you think about yourself is transmitted in your energy. So you don't, you can, I could look at you and say to you, Marnie, I'm happy and I feel great. But if I really don't feel that, what you're saying is non-verbally I'm transmitting that. Exactly. And so men and women are going out on dates and they, they're 
telling the world and their, their sister and their mom that they're ready for a relationship. But what they're doing is unconsciously they don't believe that to be true because of something within themselves. So unconsciously they have a safety mechanism to protect themselves from their fear or their assumptions or their beliefs. And that's why it's really important to get into the cause and see what those unconscious beliefs are because those are the hidden things that are preventing us from getting what we want. And what would you say some of those messages are? I'm not good enough. I'm not attractive enough. Um, uh, yeah. Um, I'm too old. Um, you know, when I was dating, I was uh, married for 17 years, and I had three kids, three daughters, and one of the messages I used to have was, nobody is going to want someone with three kids. Mm-hmm. Um so nobody's going to want someone with kids. Um, I'm too old. I'm too overweight. Um, women that are um, my age in their 40s, a lot of them have a limiting belief that men in their 40s only want to date 25 or 30-year-olds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, men that I work with, a lot of them have a limiting belief that women only will want them for their money or for their financial success. Mm-hmm they don't drive a nice enough car, then they're not worthy or valuable. So it's pretty powerful. Yeah, it really is. Now, you also, let's move on from there. We have a few minutes before break. Okay. You talk about um, tools, you know, tools such as stages in life, and you identify what stage of life that person is in. Well, that's, that's really great. The model that I use is kind of, it's like a card game, so to speak. So, Everybody goes through these changes in their life. Um, and the first one is the toss-in. And the toss-in is where, you know, whatever you've been doing isn't working. If you've just been divorced, you've just broken up with a relationship, or you just lost your job, you're tossing in the cards. And during this time, you really start to look at what is it that I truly want. It's the time, you know, of healing, of introspection, of figuring it out what went wrong so that you can figure out what you do want. So after you've done the toss-in, then, you know, you put your cards in your hand and you kind of hold them and you decide you're going to shuffle. And when you're shuffling, you're figuring out what you do want, who you want to play the game with, what your rules are going to be, what your boundaries are going to be, and you really take time to become intentional, create what you want. So once you've done the toss-in and you shuffle, then you start to deal, okay? So then you start to play the game and you start to really get involved with the players that you've chosen and you fully 100% invest in what you're doing. So it's really powerful to see where you are because if you're really in the toss-in, that's not the time to actually go out and try and find the love of your life because you don't know what you want and you need to heal. So it's very important to know that. Yeah, what do you think of, and we hear this all the time, Marnie, is making lists. You know, make the list of exactly what you want, be very specific, what you do want, what you don't want. There's a lot of um, feelings about that. Some people say you just make a list of qualities, and other advisors will say you make a list of what it's going to look like, what you're going to be doing together. What do you think? Well, I do have people create a, a vision. I have them do several different visions about what their life is going like, to look like. But in terms of finding your, your partner, I really do uh, a lot of work around values. 
Um, I always tell people, if you have the same values, then it's one less argument you're going to have later on. Because people come to me and they're like, I want him to lay out on the beach with me and be able to read. Now, I'm not a fan of having, you know, 100 things on your list because that's not realistic. So I'm more about three to five things. And so, for example, with this woman that I was working with who had the the beach um, thing on her list, I said, you get three things. Beach is Sitting on the beach with you is really your your top three. And she's like, well, actually what I want is someone who values relaxation and travel and wants to just spend downtime. So I said to her, so that means when you're laying on the beach, he could actually be, you know, out surfing or out going for a walk or exploring tide pools and you'd be okay sitting on the beach with the book. And she said, yeah, I think I would. I think the value there is that I want someone who enjoys travel and downtime. So, I'm a fan of coming up with those three to five values that you want to share with the partner and then throw the other list away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So because you don't want to keep the negative list is what you're saying. Yeah, you know, the list of, of what you don't want can be really powerful because we want to put our attention and intention on what we want. I had a friend who um, who did this list. He's another coach and He said every time he met somebody and it wasn't what he wanted, he added to the list of, you know, what he wanted. And so finally one of his best friends said, "Um, I hope that you find a woman who um, she might be perfect, but I hope she's really into very, very old men. (laughs) Because Mm -hmm. by the time you find this person, you're going to be old. And that's so the, again, those are all beliefs that don't work. Yeah. Right, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're talking to our, our dating expert. Her name is Marnie Batista, and she's the founder of Dating with Dignity. And you can log on to datingwithdignity.com. You're listening to Patricia Raskin, Positive Living, right here on voiceamerica.com. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Here's a show for baseball players, coaches, parents, and those who love the game. At least 90% of sports success, including baseball, requires mental strength in order to fully benefit from technical ability. And the higher the competition level, the more critical it becomes to possess mental muscle. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time to Championship Thinking, hosted by Jim Meyer and brought to you by the National High School Baseball Coaches Association. Jim, sports psychology coach, trainer, and author of numerous articles and the workbook, Championship Thinking, Building Mental Muscle in Baseball, simplifies the mental game with Easy to understand tools and tips. With his weekly guests, Jim draws from successes with professionals, college, high school, and youth teams, coaches, and players. Learn how to remain confident and focused at crunch time when pressure, tension, and anxiety like to make an uninvited appearance. Tune in and tune up your mental and technical knowledge and skills with Championship Thinking every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time right here on America's Voice, Voice America. Hey, Dad. What? I can't get the ketchup bottle open. Here, let me try. Here you go. Thanks. You don't have to be a hero to be a hero. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt U.S. Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. 
If you want to get ahead, you have to stand out from the crowd, the clutter, and the competition. Are you? Tune in each week for Standing Out with Lauren Saunier. Lauren and her guests have the secrets that can help you and your business get noticed, get attention, and achieve your desired results no matter where you're starting from. Standing Out with Lauren Saunier, live every Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Get ready to be a marketing machine. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Hi, everyone. We are back. You are listening to Patricia Raskin, Positive Living, right here on VoiceAmerica.com, America's Voice. This is the program that shows you how to turn your obstacles into opportunities and your problems into solutions. And uh, you certainly can give us a call at 866-472-5787 if you're listening live today, the day after Valentine's Day on February 15th, between 2 and 3 p.m. Eastern and between 11 and noon a.m. Pacific. We're talking about dating. I call this Valentine's Month. And my guest is the founder of Dating with Dignity, and her name is Marnie Batista. She has professional training in dating and relationship as a coach and training in core energy processing, coaching process from the Institute of Professional Excellence in Coaching. And she is the founder of Dating with Dignity and has more than 25 years of personal relationship and dating experience. Welcome back, Marnie. Thanks. All right, let's talk about online dating. That's a I biggie. love online dating. Biggie. It is a biggie. It's a biggie. It's, um, hey, there's so many success stories, but you definitely have to do it um, with an arsenal of knowledge and the right expectations. Yes. Yes, and, you know, again, you hear so many people that say, I met my person, and then you also hear many people say it doesn't work for me or it hasn't worked for me or I've been doing this for a long time. So are there any secrets or tips that you'd offer people? Well, there's a few. One is I think um, it's really important to uh, be a smart consumer. Um, So that means that when you're clicking on profiles, that you, um, while you need to really look at the little tick boxes and see what they're looking for, you also kind of need to learn how to read behind the lines. You want to find somebody who seems really positive. You want, again, really be in touch with what your values are and what you're looking for and make sure that you're seeing um, actions that show that this person has those values in their profile. Mm -hmm. Another really important thing is, and I I was an online dater for um, six years, so I did you meet really anybody? Did you meet anybody you enjoyed? I met a ton of people I enjoyed, and actually, some of them are still my friends. So I didn't meet Mr. Wright there, but I did meet a lot of wonderful people. And what I learned was, um, you need to actually be a little bit picky about the photos. So uh, some people will just put one or two photos up, and so if they have only one or two photos, I want you to feel confident and it's okay and you're not being shallow if you ask for more. Um, You can ask if they're recent. You can ask exactly when they were taken. You can ask to see a close-up shot. Um, Because what happens when you do a lot of online dating, if you don't take care of your needs and, and make sure that you're spending good time, you can get into a rut of being frustrated and disappointed. 
And then what happens is every time you click or every time you get ready to go meet for coffee, you're already coming into the date feeling like you're probably going to be disappointed. And since we were talking before about what you were unconsciously broadcasting, if you show up to the coffee thinking, oh, this is probably going to be a waste of time, guess what? It's probably going to be a waste of time. What about age? Now, I know many people who have admitted that they put their age on the Internet as at least five years younger and sometimes ten years younger. Yeah, I'm not really a fan. What I what I do know is this, and I will again. I have personal experience in this. When I was dating online, I knew the age group that I wanted to date on, so I did go on there and put a couple of years um, younger because I wanted to date men that were 40 to 50 and not 50 to 60. Mm-hmm. So um, I did fudge it a little bit, but I will tell you this: that on the first interchange I always said my actual date is my actual age is this because I wanted to be um, upfront about it what I what I fudged it a little bit was in the search parameters um, again it was only two years and I was very very upfront so I think it's important that whatever you do you communicate the truth because when you go to meet them you know if you don't look like your picture you're already saying that you're not a person who lives in integrity about I agree with you. I agree yeah. with you and I've heard that so many times, you know, and I I feel that it's important to put your age, your real age. You yeah. know, if you look yeah. younger, they're going to see it in your picture. Right. And and or thing. you can say, you know, I'm 50, but I I really my my, you know, my I really look 40. And then they look at your picture and they can see it. Right. The other thing is a uh, kind of a, a beware. <laughs> beware of people who spend a lot of time telling you that they look better than their pictures. Not because they're telling you that, but because it shows that they're not feeling confident or secure, and they feel like they need to sell you on themselves. Well, what about so, if they say they're younger or they, they you know, that they're, for example, uh, you know, I'm 50 chronologically, but my real age in quotes is 40. Well, so what I would do, and if you're a person who is like that, which I was, I am that person, I gave examples in my profile that talked about why I felt that I had a lot of energy and I had a kind of a lifestyle that was younger. Mm-hmm. I like to go listen to music on the weekends. I, I, like, to go, I like to go to music festivals. Um, I like to go into the city and explore. I like to go dancing. So it doesn't matter how old you are, but you're not a person who uh, has a sedentary lifestyle that is, you know, likes to just go bowling. I don't know, whatever it is that you do. I really think that you need to put in your profile what you enjoy and convey your energy and your usefulness through those words and the picture. That's very good advice. So what you're saying is you don't want to say, I look younger or I am younger or... But you you explain it, you express it through the way you share what you do, what your exactly. actions are. Exactly. Because my, my, at Dating with Dignity, one of the, the, my mantra is words and actions have to match. So it doesn't mm-hmm. matter what you say if you can't back it up with your actions. So make sure that your words and actions match and put that out there on your profile. Mm-hmm. Very, very good point. What's the most... All right, let's two questions. I'm going to ask the first one. What do you think are the biggest mistakes or pitfalls that people make that they need to be aware of? Well, for women, one of the biggest mistakes is that, um, you know, women have spent a lot of time being coming independent, 
Uh, especially if you were married and you got a do-over on your life and you became an independent woman and maybe you started a new career and you're taking care of your life. And so we unconsciously put out this uh, message that we don't really need a man anymore. So what happens is we're so strong and so independent that we forget to be feminine. Mm -hmm. And so it's really important. I, I kind of tell my clients, you know, Pretend you're like, you know, in the 1800s and you're being courted and be feminine. Let the man ask you out. Let him make the decisions. Um, you know, I have this great example because I realized I wasn't doing this myself. I would go on a date and, for example, we'd go to sushi and the hostess would say, you know, sushi bar or table. And I would, and I would talk. I would answer because I'm a take charge kind of woman. And all of a sudden, I was like, oh, my goodness, I'm not empowering the men that I'm with to be men because men need to be men. So if you want to have intentional dating, before you go out, if you're a woman, really think about joyful receiving. Mm. Right? Let him offer you the jacket and just say yes. Let him pull out your chair. Let him help open your door and just really embrace your femininity. Hmm. That's very nice. And yeah. it's a little harder today because women are so independent. They are. And, you know, um, I I was a woman for a long time who lived like I don't need no stinking man, you know. And what I realized is I, I will never need, quote, unquote, a man. But I want a man. I want to be in a partnership with someone who can bring that male energy into my life. Mm-hmm. Um, it's lovely. Yes, it is. What about um, the big S word? Sex. Ah. <laughs> what about it? <laughs> what's um, what's appropriate? What's too soon? What's not too soon? Is it all individual? Is there a rule in your opinion? What do you think? People often say, I've heard so many experts say, if you have sex too soon, it confuses things. Well, you know, um, I have an opinion, and I call it the rule of 60, which is 60 days. And so my best advice is to wait 60 days before having intercourse. Um, And a couple of things. One is when we connect too soon, we create what I call pseudo-intimacy. And it's that awkward feeling the next morning when you've known someone a couple weeks and you wake up in their house and you're like, this is weird. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know you and now I have to go pee, you know? Yeah. And so that's that's not a fun yeah. thing. So besides that, the benefit of waiting is twofold. One is if you don't have sex, you get to talk a lot more. Mm. So you're spending time going out for tea, maybe you're staying up late just chatting and you really get to know the person because once you start doing that, having sex, you know, it's fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you spend a lot of time doing it. So it prolongs the courting process, and you get to know someone a lot, um, a lot more. And the other thing I tell clients is um, this: let's pretend this is your guy or your woman. This is it for life. Well, the journey of making out and and really that butterfly feeling and the anticipation and closing the door after that great ten minute kiss, you know, you don't get that back. You know, if this is your person, this is it. So it's really nice to savor that and just enjoy it because it's a really lovely, lovely part of the courting process, and um, it should be savored and enjoyed. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Right, we have a couple of minutes before break, so tell people how they can find you or take your classes. Okay, so my website is datingwithdignity.com, and they can go there and find out about my classes. I do have a teleclass that is a foundations program that goes over my 10-step system to manifest love, and that's going to be starting in March, and they can go to datingwithdignity.com to find out about that. And the other thing that I love to share with people is that I actually do an assessment where you can go online and take this 20-minute assessment to find out where you are vibrating. What unconscious messages are you sending? And I call it the D factor. So what's your dateability factor right now? And they go on to datingwithdignity.com and can take that and take that test. They can find out how to take it. Um, they can email me. My, all the information is there, and I can set them up to do the test. All right. Thank you. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll be talking to Marnie Batista about Dating with Dignity, which is her seminar and her work. You're listening to PatriciaRaskin.com, actually Patricia Raskin Radio Show, and you can log on to PatriciaRaskin.com. But this is Patricia Raskin Positive Living right here on VoiceAmerica.com. Write to me, Patricia, at PatriciaRaskin.com, and log on to DatingWithDignity.com to find more about Marnie Bartista's program. Stay tuned, folks. You're listening to Positive Living. I'm Patricia Raskin. We'll be right back. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Do you know that over 70% of Americans with severe disabilities are unemployed? Are you one of the 2.5 million Americans with epilepsy? If you are, or know someone struggling with these issues, tune in to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. On the show, Joyce will discuss these issues as well as others. She will have on nationally known guests that will offer helpful insight on disability matters and let you, the listener, call in with your questions and concerns. So if you struggle with a disability or know someone who does, listen to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. Heard every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time here on VoiceAmerica.com. I can take care of myself. I can make a peanut butter sandwich. I can brush my teeth and I can give myself a bath. I can walk home alone from school. I can pick dinner from the trash behind the deli. I can watch the baby for the whole weekend. I can keep a baseball bat by my bed just in case there's trouble. Don't worry about me. I can take care of myself. If you're in jail, who'll be there to take care of your family? Something to think about before committing a gun crime. Gun crimes hit home. This message brought to you by Project Safe Neighborhoods and the Ad Council. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com America.com, America's Voice. This is the program that shows you how to turn your obstacles into opportunities and your problems into solutions and how to make your dreams come true. And today we're talking about finding really the person in your life that you want to be with my guest is Marnie Batista, and she is the founder of Dating with Dignity. She has more than 25 years of personal relationship and dating experience. She's received professional training in dating and relationship coaching, 
as well as training in the core energy coaching process from the Institute of Professional Excellence in Coaching. And you can log on to datingwithdignity.com. Welcome back, Marnie. Thanks. All right. You talk in your work about data collecting. Sounds like snooping. <laughs> I'm sure it's. Go ahead. It does. It does. Which I don't advise. Don't stalk a potential date. Um, well, I one of the things that I teach men and women to do is what I call data dating, which is collecting data about the person that you're with, and mostly having fun. And I think that people get so wrapped up in this mission to find love that they forget that if they shift their outlook, it could actually be a really fun process because you get to meet cool people, you get to do fun stuff, and you get to learn about yourself and others. So um, I tell everyone, you know, when you're out there, you're data dating. All right. So when you talk about... um data, that's really not just what you find out, but what you assess from being with that person. Exactly. And it's not only what they say to you when they're sitting across the dinner table, you know, about their their past or what their interests are, but collecting data in between the dates, and again, that goes back to your words and actions matching. You can tell a lot about a person's values. You can tell a lot about whether they're actually looking for a long-term relationship or they're looking for casual. Um, You're collecting information about the whole person through their thoughts that they share, their feelings that they share, and their actions. How do they show up in their life? And that's really, really, really important. What goes on in between the dates is just as important as what happens on the date. Hmm. Very important. It is very important. Talk about dating fast. That's one of your tools. What does that mean? It is. (laughs) The dating fast. Well, here's what I'll say about it. The people that go on the dating fast get faster results because they've done it. And the fast is that you take an intentional break from dating. And so this means you put a pause on your... Match.com and eHarmony, you stop going out with your friends just to meet people of the opposite sex, and you start creating the life you love, which is one of the foundation principles in my program. So by doing this, you start to look at what are your pure pleasures? What are the things in your life that you love? Or what did you used to do before you kind of got caught up in the man or woman hunt? And you start to really go back to the roots of who you are and start pursuing those things that you enjoy and connecting with your friends and your family, and creating this life that you love. And it benefits you because you put a halt, an abrupt stop on all of the patterns that you might have been living in or those romantic ruts. And in doing this, you create some space so that when you're ready to start dating again, you start with a brand-new perspective. But again, it's knowing what you want. That's the other part of this. You have to be clear. You do. And one of uh, the other pieces of it is that you have to identify your relationship goals. And in doing that, it's, again, important to understand where in your change process you are. Mm -hmm. So, for example, if you did just get out of a relationship and you were married for a long time, um, your relationship goal right now might be you need to practice dating. Mm Mm-hmm. Right? So you need to be really clear about that with yourself because you're going to have a whole other set 
of expectations and boundaries and all those kinds of things. Maybe you just want to go have fun for a while, and that's totally okay. All right, we have a caller. She's not uh, doesn't want to be on the air, but here's her question. Her name is okay. Betty, so Betty, we'll try to answer this question for you. Um, she has two children in their late twenties, and she has a problem with her dating after the divorce with their dad. It's okay with the dad for dating and remarrying, but it's not okay with her. She's wondering what the best way is to communicate the importance of her being able to date as well. To her children or to her ex? Uh, it sounds to me, uh, and this was written, yes, to the kids. To the kids, okay. So that's a really great, great question. And the, the, I want to just kind of congratulate Betty for trying to meet the needs of her kids and also take care of herself. Uh, I think I have kids. They're not, um, they're teenagers. And so I um, really put a lot of time into them. But what I told them also, what I would love for Betty to do is to just kind of have a sit down with the daughters and find out what it is their um, concerns are or what they're afraid of in having mom date. Is it because they're afraid that they're going to lose time with her? Is it, um, are they still grieving the breakup of having that traditional family unit? Um, maybe dad started dating and they don't like the women that dad's dating, so they're afraid it's going to happen to mom. So I think having an opportunity to have a dialogue is great. And her kids are older, so um, it's also modeling to them, you know, I need to take care of myself, but I also want to help you and meet your needs. Yeah, and, and, and these are adult children. I mean, we're right. not dealing with teenagers at home or, or young children. Right. So that's why I think it's probably something deeper. And so I think that the only way Betty can fix it is if she finds out exactly what it is that they're afraid of. Okay. All right, we have a few minutes uh, before we close. One of the things you write about is the Costanza, Stop, yeah. Think, and Choose. What do you mean? Okay, well, if you're, um, if you're a person who goes on to YouTube, you can go on to YouTube, and it's a Seinfeld episode, and it's an episode where George decides that everything he's been doing so far in his life never works, so he's going to do the exact opposite. <clears throat> and, you know, instead of ordering tuna on toast, he orders, you know, egg salad on rye, and he goes up to this beautiful woman, and he says, my name is George, I'm unemployed, and I live with my parents. And she looks at him and she's like, hi, George. <laughs> so cute. if you don't know what to do, and in the past, everything you've done has always netted the result you don't want, do the opposite. And the way you do this is you stop. Instead of reacting, you stop. And you think about what it is that you want. You think about what it is you're really feeling. You assess whether this belief or thought you're having is something that's based on the truth or it's based on something that happened to you before, whether it's just that nasty little mean voice in your head that's very self-critical. So you assess, and then you get to make a choice. And that's really what uh, we're about at Dating with Dignity is that every moment gives you a choice to be who you want to be in that moment. So you get to really be proactive. So you stop, you think, and you make a new choice. Okay. And it's very what, is, what is not a date? You write here that we need to identify what a date is and what a date isn't. Right. So a date is not um, 
when someone calls you late on a Friday or like six or seven and realizes that nothing better came up and they say, hey, do you want to go um, uh, meet me? I'm going to go be with some of my friends. That's not really a date. Um, a date is not uh, a virtual relationship back and forth from email. You don't really get to know somebody, even if they feel like they have a connection with you. Um, a date is also not hanging out with groups of friends all the time. If you have common friends and you're always meeting up with the same people and you have a connection and you're having good energy, you're not dating that person until you actually go and they ask you in advance and you go somewhere and you have time together. That is a date. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, it's, um, you really need to define that. Okay, we have about four minutes left in the program. What else is it that you want us to know? Your closing thoughts. My closing thoughts are this. I think that because of technology and times have changed so much, and if you are a person who dated a long, long time ago and you're out there now, um, there are new rules, so to speak, in that there's, texting and there's internet dating and there's eye chatting and there's text me a photo of yourself and there's all this really new things that are going on. But what I what I offer to you is an opportunity to kind of go within yourself and really connect to what you feel like is right. What feels authentic to you when you have that intuitive voice, listen to it. Um, and hold yourself in a place of high respect. Um, just because everyone's texting doesn't mean that you need to accept texting as a major form of communication. Um, If someone is emailing you back and forth online and you're tired of it and you feel like just ask me out already, um, find out what this person is really up to. You know, make it happen, connect in person. So don't let technology get in in the way of almost old-fashioned values and of caring about yourself enough to demand what you deserve. Okay. All right, tell us again how people can find you. They can go to datingwithdignity.com, and we have blogs there every day. There's information about programs. There is information about what men think so that you can get inside the minds of men. And there's a lot of free downloads of classes and audios, and there's a special report about how to attract with dignity in class, and there's a bevy of information at your, at your click. So I encourage you to take advantage of it. Okay. All right. And one of the things I want to close with is you write about how we need to make space in our lives, that that's really important. So that would be a good thing for people to know. If you want someone in your life, make space. Exactly. Clear out the clutter. Don't accept someone just because they're okay and it feels good to get a phone call or a text message. Okay. Thank you so much for being on the program. Thanks, Chris. It was fun. Thank you. Thank you. Stay on the line. My guest has been Marnie Batista. Her company is Dating with Dignity. You can log on to datingwithdignity.com. You've been listening to Patricia Raskin, Positive Living, right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice. Write to me, Patricia, patriciaraskin.com, and I certainly will put you on my email list. I'd love to hear from you. Until next Monday, remember, stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and know you can make your dreams come true. I'm Patricia Raskin. Bye for now. Thank you.